Welcome to Business Leader Breakthroughs, where we help unlock the potential in you, your teams, and your business. I'm your host, Ryan Castle, along with Dr. Mike Ashby. We'll share insights, experiences, and stories on achieving breakthrough success in business and life. To learn more, click the link in the episode show notes or go to thebreakthrough.co. Now let the breakthroughs begin. Angela, welcome along to the podcast. We are super excited to have you joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Alrighty, let's uh, dive straight in. We uh, like to ask you some fast fact questions, get the audience to know you a little bit. So are you a breakfast or dinner girl? Mm, totally breakfast, but I can't eat eggs, which makes breakfast really hard. Mm. There's a subplot. There's a subplot here. I didn't eat eggs. I didn't eat eggs until about three years ago, and I decided it was time for me to figure out how to get past that. And I have, and now I love them. Breakfast is great with eggs. Yeah, it is. Particularly when you're out, right? You know, ordering at cafes, you're like, ah, fifteen things on the menu. I've got eggs. Totally. We'll talk about that one later. On holiday, would we find you bungee jumping or on the pool lounger with a cocktail? Uh, Earlier years. Totally bungee, um, but as I've got a bit older, um, totally uh, at the pool. So uh, probably ideally in Fiji, not happening right now. Not happening right now, but let's hope we can get back there uh, soon. And would we most often find you in trainers or heels? Um, trainers. Brilliant. Yeah. Love it. And when you're learning, when you're consuming books, do you like the the real thing? Do you like to be a page turner or are you but more of an electronic Kindle? person um a lot like wine i was very much you know the the real thing i need the real book i'm a i love reading um but you can't go past a kindle in the middle of the night it's the way to go indeed and and when you're going to fiji so you don't have to take 25 books with you you take one kindle job done right more room for the gnt all of that good stuff oh god we are we are so aligned this is amazing (laughs) all right cats or dogs ah dog yeah, I've got a puppy, oh, just, a voodle. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Fun. Awesome. And routine-wise, are you an early riser or a night owl? I've uh, got the puppy and two girls, so I've been trained to be an early riser. Used to be used to be a bit more of a night person, but, yeah, mornings. Okay. Evolution. I boring, don't I? Uh, uh, <laughs> look, um, holidays in, in Fiji uh, with with the GNT, some good some good reading in a puppy. Like sounding pretty good to me. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Uh, entertainment, watching a movie, or would would it likely be a thriller or a comedy? Um, I actually I actually struggle with distraction now. I I, I struggle to sit through a kind of a two hour long movie. So um, short and sharp is where it's at. But yeah, I'm trying to train myself out of watching too much TV these days. Mm many other mm. things to do okay i like it okay well we'll better keep this podcast uh short and sharp and on point then <laughs> hadn't we in case we lose your interest on the way through <laughs> hey look um angela i i'd actually like us to go a little bit back to the beginning of your your journey um and i've had some brief insight uh, was fortunate enough to see you uh, guest speak at an event and was blown away by your your story and your journey and i think it's a, a great one to explore a bit on the on the podcast because i'm sure many people will find it inspirational um, but give us a little bit of insight in how you went from uh, chemistry degree to business owner how did that happen? How, how long have we got, Ryan? <laughs> uh, hey, look, short, sharp, and on point. That's what we that's what we said. Um, well, I'd like to say lots of planning and um, and thought went into it, but actually, I've I've been quite good at just 
following my footsteps and, and taking opportunities as, as they come up. So chemistry, not so much well thought through, uh, but, the, but the learning was that probably test tubes weren't going to be in my future. Uh, went on and um, studied commerce and uh, became an auditor for Deloitte and great learnings there from a business perspective, huge learnings, um, how organisations work. So lots going on, but also the learning that that wasn't where I was supposed to be for my life as well. So the, the I guess the passion for building my own business had, had always been there. I just had no idea of what that kind of was going to look like. So that, that's been a big part of my journey. Right. So did you did you like skip the personality test piece of being an auditor? Like I thought you had to be, you know, reasonably chill, maybe should should we say? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny with auditing. I really struggled because as soon as you walked into the room, like people just didn't like you. So um and you you know, and I kind of felt that I was trying to win people over, which, you know, if you're an auditor is kind of not what you're supposed to do. So um, yeah, so I struggled with that side of it, but actually um, it was really good for um, interpersonal development because you, you actually had to communicate with people that didn't necessarily want to um, spend any time with you. So um, character building, but um, I mean, I've, you know, in the past I've worked in pulp and paper mills and I've cast aluminium and got in the, in the, the bluff smelter. So I've worked in some pretty tough uh, situations so yeah. Lots of yeah and uh, as you say great experience in that business context just seeing what's happening right from the shop floor through to the what does that look like at a, a PL and balance sheet at the other end it's, uh, it's pretty great to, great grounding for your future entrepreneurship Alrighty, let's dive into um, we like the top three insights from from our guests and tell us what are your what are your top three and then we'll maybe explore them in some more detail yeah cool I've um I've, I've always had this rocking chair when I'm 90 things. So I don't, you know, I don't want to be there, hopefully when I'm 90, um, thinking about all the things that I could have done or should have done or would have done, um, you know, so it's about opportunities not passing me by. So I, I, I think about me and my rocking chair when I'm 90 quite a lot. Um, the other thing, um, which is an idea I stole from my mentor, Greg Savage, is um, 10 seconds of bravery. So um, it, it's it's kind of the cloak that you put on when you're going into a meeting or you're about to do something that's that's scary and outside the comfort zone. Um, I think about the 10 seconds of bravery and um, that's kind of all you need almost to get you going. So that that's really helped me. Um, and then I, I guess as I as I get older, um, what I realise is um, that the more I age, the less I know. And so I think it's just about embracing the the wisdom that you get with time and experience and getting things wrong. And that's kind of okay. And it's part of the process. But um, coupled with that is also go easy on yourself because, um, you know, we're not robots. Um, we are people and, um, you know, and this life is fleeting, right? So um, you, you don't want to get to the end and go, I've earned loads of money and I'm a success, but I'm an empty shell and I've got nothing around me. Absolutely. And it almost circles back to the rocking chair, right, of making sure that, you know, you weren't weren't just building a, um, a great business or delivering great dividends, but actually you lived a full life on the, on the way through as well. Um, I, I, look, I love the uh, rocking chair approach. It's something uh, I use myself and talk to clients, clients about. Have you read uh, Bronnie Ware's The Top Five Regrets of the Dying? Uh, yeah, briefly, years briefly. ago. Yeah, yeah. those kind of those yeah. core, those core <laughs> concepts. Yeah, and I think those things are really, really important. I mean, it's it's obviously been a tough year 
everyone this year and you know on a personal level we've we've had tough stuff going on with with friends and family and you know I think um yeah life can be fleeting and you know we've got to make the most of that nothing's guaranteed right so um yeah kind of go forth and, and be the best you can be is really important okay so if you were to uh sit on the rocking chair right now um having been nowhere near that uh, that age but if you were to you know reflect back now what what comes to mind for you in terms of the things you're most proud of that you have you have achieved today I'm actually ironically most proud of the fact that I haven't been a perfect mum for my girls. What I have been is kind of a real mum and a real mum to me is someone that, um, you know, shows the ambition and the drive and the energy and the passion, but also shows the, the hard side as well. Because I, I think sometimes all we see is the overnight success or we see the, you know, we see the highlights real or the beautiful pictures on Instagram and the perfect life and, and everything else. But um it's not that isn't reality and so for my girls what I hope they get from me is that um, you don't get anything without hard work and you don't get anything without forging good relationships with people so you can't get that on a on a device you know so at, at the core of it it's it all is all about connection and um, yeah they're, they're, they're good girls I think they understand hard work pays off Mm. And do you think we just need to take the word uh, or the the phrase "perfect mum" kind of out of the vernacular? Because you know what what does that actually mean? And uh, I think you know even even referencing it, we need to dial that back and go the you know the experience I bring to my kids, just like you have as a as a mum as a parent, is is this, and I'm doing these things and and showing showing this. And look, there will there will always be areas that all of us could could improve. Um, but you know most of us are doing the the best we can with what we've what we've got and you know different experiences for different kids so yeah, exactly it it's um you know you don't you don't get a trophy at the end of the day all, all we get is um kids that turn out okay or not so we have to keep it real and they have to understand that it's a it's a journey and it's about learning it's about getting it wrong as well that's really important yeah i think that's a, a fantastic um uh, piece not only for parenting but for leaders as in organizations right giving giving uh, people the opportunity to, to I, I don't even really like using the word fail because um, fail has such a negative context but actually just to try try things we're never perfect at it the first time but you know keep trying or decide whether it's for you or not and then and then roll on go for it yeah yeah actually yeah. one of our um one of our core values at consult is try fail learn succeed and I really like that because it's it's actually about putting putting the mistakes out there and it's okay but we've got to learn from them so that we actually get better. So it's like, it's lots of iterations of getting it wrong to get it right in the big picture. Sure. Repeating of the same mistake, never very cool. You know, doing it, doing it once and uh, learning from it and changing it up the next time. We're all good with that. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about 10 seconds of of bravery and why it's been important to you. And I wonder if you could maybe share a story of when you've had to put on your cloak of bravery uh, you've had to, you know, step up and go, I'm not feeling very comfortable here. Uh, I, I, I know that it's kind of the right thing to do, but I'm feeling a bit nervous. Can you give us a, give us a little story around how you've used that 10 seconds of bravery? Yeah, um, yeah so I, um, people laugh when I say this, but um, I'm actually quite an introvert. Um, and so for me, I use 10 seconds of bravery a lot whenever I have to kind of put myself out there um and so that might be I mean doing that presentation the other week um talking about myself I'm really not comfortable with that so um might mean I'm using my 10 seconds of bravery right now Ryan. Uh, 
Um, so those those kind of things. I think I think the things that have challenged me most of all have been the the intersection of business and um, and people and. Um, you know, having to have tough conversations and, you know, that that is probably the area that um, I've struggled the most because um, I'm, a, I'm a very empathetic person and I really feel um, where people are at and, and why. So um, so I definitely use 10 seconds of bravery whenever I've had to have a um, tough conversation with someone. Um, yeah. When you were uh, considering a career change from auditing to your your next step, I think that you went from auditing into a um, human resource firm. Is that right? Did you? Yes. Yeah, so um, that sounds like I was better planned than I was, Rhymes. But um, <laughs> uh, but but basically, um, I I what I realised when I was auditing was that you know it wasn't meant to be for me in the long term. But I also spent too long in there, and it, it actually. It really wore me down um, from a health perspective, so I was quite burnt out there. So, um, luckily, my husband was in the Air Force and got posted over to Canada for a year. So, um, I went with him over there, which was um, yeah, good good time to sit back and reflect and um, you know just enjoy a bit of time out, which I think is really important for everyone to do. And um, it was so from there I realised that um, you know doing my own business is actually what I wanted to do. Still had no idea what that was going to be. Um, came back to New Zealand and um, joined a big international recruitment firm that was in startup mode here. Um, and recruitment was great, right? Because I learned so many skills that I was going to need to be great in business um, from recruitment. And actually, um, I'm probably flying the recruitment flag here, but recruitment is a as a um, introduction to business is amazing. You learn um, sales, marketing, negotiation, people management, conflict management. Um, you know, there's so much. Um, even even on the finance side of things, it's like you're running your own business as well. So it's been that has been exceptional for business knowledge, um, and it just so turned out that it ended up being the business that I started as well. Totally, totally agree. And share for me the little story you had. You managed to connect yourself with a mentor that was very influential in your um, career as a business owner. Um, and I think you had to use your 10 seconds of bravery in that that instance. Can you I tell did. us about that one? I, I did. My, I also had to use my um, be cheeky rule as well. So um, so Greg Savage, who is in recruitment terms, oh, and I hate it if he... If he and listens to this, but he's kind of royalty in recruitment terms. Um, he, he lives in Sydney, but he's got kind of a worldwide following. He's got about 400,000 LinkedIn followers or something crazy like that. But um, he's been very successful. And I, I found out that he was going to be in, Australia, um, in New Zealand at, at one stage. And so I sent him a cheeky message on LinkedIn um, and suggested that, you know, I might pick his brains and which he he um, agreed to do. And somehow I walked out of that meeting with him agreeing to become an advisor to to consult in our earlier days. So since then, he's um, uh, become a shareholder. Um, he went through the sale process with us a, a year and a half ago. Um, he's moved over to the, the acquiring business um, and is now the chairman of our board. So he's been a great mentor for me. So yeah, 10 seconds of bravery and a little bit of cheekiness pays off too. Yeah, I like I like those. It's a good, it's a good combo, bravery and cheeky. Um, and I think we sometimes we have to reflect and go, what's the worst thing can happen? I mean, the worst thing uh, that could have happened from there, you never got a response. 
yeah really really nothing lost right but if you don't if you don't ask you don't get so yeah and actually interestingly Ryan when I when I first started in recruitment I went in and in my my final interview I said something crazy like really keen on the job but um you need to understand I'm not a salesperson I'm an accountant and um which was kind of dumb um and and I remember early on you know I was having to make these cold calls and and back then I'm showing my age but back then there was no LinkedIn um it was a startup business in New Zealand so you had no database or anything like that I had literally no names to call I had to call the receptionist because there were receptionists in those days and try and find out who the name of the financial controller CFOs were and uh, so it was quite hard I couldn't get past the receptionists just could not do it and so they they were like the gatekeepers and I remember yes. calling my boss and um, just saying it's really hard I just don't think I can do this and I remember him saying Ange like you might be the most interesting call that anybody receives today and you get to control actually whether you are or not they don't get to control that you get to control that and and just lighten up and have fun because they're just people, you know. And um, once I kind of got my head around that, it was, it was totally fine. Yeah. And that, you know, we're, we're humans connecting to, to humans. Yes, um, ultimately, we might be thinking about um, our product or, or service, but actually, fundamentally, we tend to come back to going, how can we help you as an, as an organization? And when we start having human-to-human interaction, it's more pleasurable for, for kind of everyone involved. And instead of uh, blasting uh, bulk messaging out to uh, you know prospective audience, we're able to actually get into a conversation. Go, what's going on for you guys? Can we help? And sometimes it's like I, I'm not the right person to help you, but I know someone else that that can, and that that feels equally good. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that's been one of the big reasons for consult success over the years as well is that. Um, it's not about us, you know, we're not on the centre of the stage. Our job is to make sure our, our people, our community are on the centre of the stage and, and we're the lighting people, we're making sure the light's shining on them and um, we're there to support them. So, yeah, I think keeping that ego in check is really important um, as you do business as well. You're there to serve. Yes, yeah, great, great approach. Um, dig in for a bit more for us around consult because, uh, you know, it'd be fair to say probably in the last... Um, Oh, how long has it been? 30, 30 or 40 years. You know, recruitment's been a uh, mature industry to some degrees. It's been around, you know, there's, there's uh, looking maybe from the outside in without a lot of detail. It kind of feels like something that's that's same, same. Yep, sure, another another recruitment. So when you thought about starting Consult, how did you think about differentiating yourself in the in the market? Yeah, so... So I'd worked for a, um, a, a big American firm. So I had really good training around the fundamentals of recruitment. And that was really good. Um, I felt there was an opportunity in the market for an agency that um, gave more of a damn in the, in the longer term. Um, you know, my concern was there are agencies out there that were placing people into roles and they weren't necessarily the right roles, but it was that short-term kind of focus. Um, you know, because I'd trained as an accountant, I had I had quite a good network of people that I, I knew. And the last thing that I would want to be known for is, is putting people into the wrong roles or, or helping people hire the wrong person. So that was um, that was really important that I got that right. Um, I was lucky enough to um, have some clients that that believed in me and what I was capable of. And you know, in those early years, they um, 
have very kindly um, come back to me time and time again. So that, that, you know, not only helped financially, but really helped in terms of confidence. And um, yeah, so we've, we've really built Consult on the, on the premise that um, we're here to serve. Um, uh, I, I, I like to say what we do is really, really important because we help people integrate careers. We help businesses thrive through the quality of their people um, and we help businesses find talent that they just can't find themselves we're actually quite good at that um yeah but um but the reality is we don't save lives right so you know we've, we've got to keep our egos in check and you know i i think that you know there's some great there's some great agencies there's some great people in recruitment but there's frankly there's a lot of agencies that are not doing a great job and there's a lot of recruiters that shouldn't be in the industry so that's something yeah I guess I've always kind of battled with especially coming from you know being a chartered accountant and a CPA and you know automatic respect and all that kind of stuff to to you know being oh you're the recruiter um but I think respect is something that you earn as well and and we work really hard at consult to make sure that we have very deep relationships with our clients and they know us and trust us and they come to us when they need to hire but also when they just want to have a chat about how things are going sure and and the things you talk about uh uh you know, the easy words to say, they're much harder to deliver because every recruitment company goes, oh, we like long-term relationships and we only place the right people. You know, it's the stuff that's easy to say. As the leader of Consult, how do you how do you lead the people in your team, your internal team? How do you lead them on that path of putting rubber on the road when we say, well, you know, we'll do this, which says easy. How do we do the hard bit? What, what is it you do as a leader to make that happen? Yeah, so... Um, I like a flat structure in our organisation. Um, I don't have all the all the best ideas, and it's really important that everybody's stepping up. And um, you know, through a strong team, we are a strong business, and so that that's really been the focus. So I'm really blessed that um, you know the, over the last year or so, we've developed a really great um, second tier of management. And I mean, if Fiji was open, I could probably sneak away there for quite a few months, and it would be totally fine. Um, so that's that's great, and you know, de-risks the business. But I think um, you, you know, so it's a, it's a combination of what we talk about every day with the management team, but also just with our people about who we are, why we exist. Um, you know, one of our other core values is we're nothing without great people. Um, and the reality is, our business will not exist if we have no clients. Our business will not exist if we have no candidates, and our business will not exist if we have no staff. So. Um, we, we, we can't just focus on clients and not look after our candidates. It's just crazy. We can't just look after our candidates and clients and ignore our staff. So we, as a, as a management team, have to make sure that, we've, that we, uh, each group is really, really important to us. It's, it's like the, you know, the, the tripod, right? If, you, if you're not looking after the tripod, then you don't have a business. So, so that's kind of the everyday thing. But, you know, little things that we've done, I guess, to to prove to our community that we are more than just recruiters who are only interested when you've got a vacancy, thank you very much, is um, things like, you know, through through COVID, our conversations was, you know, in the first couple of weeks, call all your candidates, check in with all your candidates and see how they're going. Whether they're active or not doesn't matter. Just check in with people and, and find out how they're going. Don't call your clients right now because they are just grappling with everything right now the kind of week three week four we said start to call your clients but do not say the j word jobs and um, they do do not want to know anything about that 
you need to ask them how they are. How can we support you? What is going on for them? Um, what we what we found out quite quickly was that a lot of leaders um, uh, weren't really getting the support they needed from their organisations. Um, no one was really checking in on them. Um, yet they were having to, you know, check in on the safety security of their people. Um, and yet these leaders are also employees, so also had that, you know, the fear and the uncertainty and didn't know the way forward and all of that kind of stuff. So really quickly, the feedback from the team was that people were having 20, 30, 40-minute conversations with leaders. Um, and so then we kind of went, well, that's cool, but um, but it's taking a lot of time, which is fine, um, but it's actually depleting our people as well. So, so safety and security for our people was really important. So what we ended up doing was um, carrying on with those calls, but we also um, we also surveyed all, that, all of our leaders um, Initially, I thought there was only going to be one lockdown, so uh, so how wrong was I? But um, you know, over the course of the past few months, we've we've interviewed different leaders um, to get their feedback, and then we've actually um, given the survey results to them. I mean, the, our finance and accounting team have caught up with about 140 uh, leaders in, in finance and accounting since since that first lockdown. Right to talk them through because they want to talk about it. They want to know how others are coping, you know, what it looks like. So, so I guess just a, a couple of good examples of how we um, look that the, the sales is important and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, if, we, if we're not there for our people, um, we, we just don't have a business. Mm. And how, as a leader, do you balance the, the quarterly revenue target with the, uh, long-term perspective of going, you know, these conversations right here, right now, they're not revenue generating for us. They use our resource. Um, and, you know, I've still got a, a board to report to on on quarterly revenue numbers. Um, but I also know in my heart that looking after these people for the long-term will, will be what what works. How do you how do you deal with that as a CEO? Yeah. So, so probably a couple of things on that. Um, Consult was started in 2008, so really the year before the GFC. Um, yay! And, <laughs> yay! Um, it was actually the perfect time to start an agency. Um, I spent a lot of time in 2009 interviewing finance uh, managers, controllers, CFOs that had been in secure jobs and had been made redundant. Um, and I, I tell you what, you know, interviewing... 50-year-old men with mortgages and, you know, kids uh, who are crying because uh, they don't know what to do is, you know, um, is a lot of life uh, sticks in the sand and, you know, perspective and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, at that stage, I didn't have a lot of work going on for them. So, I, you know, didn't place a lot of them, um, but it certainly helped them. And we still... We still have clients that give us work because of the interview that they had in 2009, you know. So Because of so, the consult counselling service? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and to be honest, it wasn't, you know, because I'm, I'm probably not that great with that. I'm not that great with the tissues. But um, what I am great with is having the conversations that are hopefully constructive and help people move forward, you know, and... And crying is okay at the right time, but um, I could, I, I'm probably better at helping you move forward than I am at being your counsellor. So, um, so yeah, so so that so, was so a, little, a little bit of um, empathy with the tissue in the uh, in the left hand, and then sort of a, a little bit of a whip in the right hand, going right. Yeah, okay, what are we going to yeah. do about this? But, but it's also um, you know uh, 
have the, have the right audience there at the right time, right? So what I'm really good at is I can help you with interview technique. I can make sure that your resume looks great. I can introduce you to people who you can just start to network with because there will be roles in the future, whether it's through me or not. I'd love if it's through me. Of if course. It's not, you know, it's all part of that ecosystem. Um, but there's, there will be much better counsellors out there. So if you need that, go get that. Um, uh, so, yeah. Had, use the experts um, is, is probably the message. But the the other the other thing is we actually sold consult in 2019. Um, so we've had new owners um, and they've been amazing. Um, they are very much on board with consult culture and ethos and um, the way that we see recruitment, the way that we see business and I guess the way that we see the world and communities and connection through people. And um, so they are very, very supportive of us in that regard. Um, it's, it's a um, private family have invested in us and um, and it's it's been a wonderful journey actually for mm. us. So, you know, we're lucky that we've, you know, we've had a number of years in operations now. So that the, we are the proof in the pudding. Um, which is uh, we've continued to be successful uh, because we've focused on the long term. We've, we, you know, we're seeing the long term results now. So the work that we did in those early years still is still paying off for us. Hmm. And did when you, uh, you know, wrote wrote the first business plan for uh, Consult, which I don't know how extensive that was. Was it a I'm building this to sell at some point in the in the future, or was that selling the business did that evolve organically? How did that happen? Um, the I'd like to say that was more planned, you know, given my accounting background and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but no, at the time, um, my husband had bought into a tech business and uh, had a tech startup as well. Um, and we we needed some more income. So, um, you know, the back was against the wall. I had a 11-month-old rubby. Um, I couldn't go back to my previous employer because there was no flexibility um, at, at that stage for, for women. And um, yeah, so the, the business plan was um, just... One out of necessity. Just get going. And I, and I laugh now. I mean, I was so... I don't know if I was brave or I just maybe was away with the fairies, but I used to squeeze on the old suit that I used to wear and hoodle off to, you know, CFOs around town and tell them why they should... Uh, work with me and why I could help them find their, their people and you know I was just so blessed that some um, beliefs um, that I could help them and um, yeah but I work, I did work really really hard really hard mm. and I think we see this story play out in everyone that has success whether it be as a, as a business owner um, as someone in their career as a sports person you know the arts it doesn't matter uh, no matter what we see as uh, overnight success, you mentioned, you know, the, the Instagram view of the world, every single one of those people has put hard yards in, in the background. Totally. And, and, yeah. and, and it's not glamorous, right? So there's, you know, there's sacrifices that you make and there's things that you have to give up or, or compromise, um, you know, and, and the biggest thing really is time, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, I think I think being a mum as well, you know, that's you know that had its moments for me. I mean, having said that, I was I was probably unemployable. So um, you know, one of the benefits of running your own business, right, is that you, you know you're not likely to fire yourself. So um, 
so yeah, so that that really helped, especially you know my husband was was traveling a lot overseas in those early days. So yeah, you just I think you just it's great to have a business plan and a you know all of that kind of stuff. But really, I, I was honestly each day I'd wake up and I'd go, what kind of day is it going to be? Um, is my husband in the country or not? How much work we've got on? Who's sick at home? Who's not? Um, you know, kind of move forward. So, and it yep, works. Absolutely. And, you know, we as an organisation are big fans of one-page business plans. You know, where do we want to be in three or five years' time? What's standing in the way from where we are right now to where we want to want to get to? And then what are the three most important things we need to go and execute, you know, in the next three or six months to kind of move towards that? Uh, I think that's as... Um, yeah, depending on your business, admittedly, but that's uh, a really good place to start. Um, yeah. You don't need a uh, thousand-page volume business plan that no one ever looks at. Well, if, you know, the other thing, if, if it's your business, um, you know, is that life changes and priorities change and, um, you know, and you don't want to be tied into this long-term plan that doesn't resonate with you. So what what hasn't changed for me the whole way through uh, whether it's been my business or, or now someone else's business that I run um, is, is the values that we have as an organisation. So I think getting mm. that right is, is hugely important. Mm. And tell me, what was the the mindset piece of going, hey, I've built this, I've been the, been the boss, yes, I've worked for a team, but ultimately I've been able to call the shots. You then move to a investor where you're, um, you know, back working, you know, in a different context, but back working for someone else. Was that a, was that a mindset shift, uh, something you had to get your head around before, yeah. before the sale? Um, no, no, no. And actually, um, the, the, the story there is we were we had a board meeting um, in Australia and we, we'd go around different recruitment agencies and find out how they're going. And this was about uh, August 2018, which, you know, for us was good times. Um, and over there, everybody was talking about a recession. And so our board meeting the next day was obviously, um, so what, you know, what would happen if there was a recession? And the re- reality for us with the structure that we had and the ambition that we had was that, um, you know, we wouldn't really be able to sustain everybody if there was a recession. And, you know, recruitment is generally quite hard hit in tough yes. times. Um, and um, that actually, uh, uh, that really impacted on me. Um, and, and you know, I, I guess make it, what I'm really proud of here is the fact that we've created an organisation for, you know, 40 to 50 people, plus all our tech and contractors um, to have really brilliant lives. And, and that's, that's awesome. But... Um, you know, if I was funding the business that, you know, it wasn't going to be that way all the time. And we'd also, you know, we'd been courted by some of the international firms at the, at the same time. And so we were kind of thinking about the next steps and um, that didn't, it didn't feel right to me because, you know, typically those, those kind of acquisitions, they change your brand, um, they implement their operating procedures, they make you do heaps of reporting, um, and it's kind of, for me, it's like the lifeblood has been sucked out of the organisation. And, you know, and we've worked so hard to create this, this culture where you can bring your best self to work. And we're all weird, right? Like we're all, you know, none of us are perfect. And we're, and it's cool, you know, like you don't, you don't need to be someone that you're not to come and work here and, and be good at your job, you know. So, um, so it all kind of just happened at the same time. And the new owners um, didn't want to change um, the culture, they love the culture. They think we can do better. Um, they love the fact that um, we help people. Um, through due diligence, though, they one of the things they wanted to know was what do we do to help the people who we haven't placed? Mm. That was really important wow. to them. Um, so I knew that we were 
quite values aligned with them anyway. Um, so actually, it felt like the right thing to do. And, and I think for a lot of business owners, um, you know, it's, it's quite important to separate your ego, either business owner, um, from the good of the business. And for me, I knew that um, Consult was going to be a much better hands with new parents. Um, so, yeah, so it was actually, it was a brilliant thing for me. And, and getting to the other side, I, um, I'm a really, really loyal person. Um, you know, I love, I love working for the new owners. They, they, they've given me pretty much free reign to do what I want to do within reason, obviously. Sure. Um, but, that's, but that's great. There's been nothing that they've, you know, stopped or anything like that. Um, I know that my people are safe and secure, which is really important for me. Um, I know that the aspirations I have for the business, I can actually move forward with now, whereas I couldn't have otherwise. So it's in a it's in a brilliant spot. So and it's loads brilliant. of fun. That's great to hear. Okay, now we talked uh, initially around this wisdom concept and the idea that you know maybe as we um, advance our years, we have deeper understanding that we actually know less. Uh, as opposed to our kind of 20-year-old selves where we thought we knew everything. Um, reflecting reflecting back now, what, ad, what advice, what wisdom would you share with your 20-year-old self? Um, I think, yeah, I think of myself when I was 20 and I, I, I drove quite fast. It was quite a risk taker. I, you know, I bungee jump, skydiving, all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, and actually not the speeding part, but the other parts, that good, you know. So totally. it is, it is like live your life, and um, I think it's it's more about embrace the ages and the stages, you know. It's um, as you get older and you have more responsibilities, that's how do you do that kind of stuff. So um, I was probably, you know, in some aspects, I was, I was a little bit of a risk taker, but I was also a bit nerdy as well. And I probably, looking back, I'd say just, just. Just get in there and experience as much as you can while it's the right time for doing that, I think is important. I say to my girls now, because, um, you know, they're like teens or tweens and they're trying to grow up and all of that kind of stuff. And I say to them, like, literally, you spend the majority of your life as an adult. And, like, it seems cool, but it's actually a little bit boring too. So, like, being a kid is so much fun. So just be a kid, you know. So... Embrace the ages and stages, I think, would be something I'd tell my 20-year-old self. Um, the other thing is um, get a mentor. Um, I, didn't, I didn't get a mentor until I got Greg about 10 years ago. And um, I've done reasonably well, um, but I know I could have done so much better if I had someone on my shoulder in those, in those early years. And I was clueless, right? I had no idea what I was doing. So just, um, just someone that I knew and admired and I could be vulnerable with would have been great back then. So I, I would advise that. Um, and yeah, just take the opportunities. They're fleeting. They, they pass mm. you by really quickly. And sometimes it's only hindsight that you realize they've passed you. So go for it. And it's amazing how many people are willing to help and share their knowledge. Uh, people that we might be sitting on the on the outside going, oh, they're very, they're very important. They're probably really busy. They probably wouldn't have time for me. Um, hey, look, you won't get a yes at every opportunity, but it's amazing how willing people are to share their time, knowledge and experience. It's going back to that big cheeky, right? Just put yourself out there. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. No, thanks. Not for me. You know, that's great. Move on to the next one. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Superb. Uh, Angela, such great insights. Thanks so much for uh, sharing a bit of your story with us, uh, giving those top, top insights. I think we could all take something from, from those and uh, use them in ourselves, use them in the context of our teams, use them in the context of our organization and our and our customers and our suppliers as well. I think they're really great, uh, great insights. Um, if people want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about uh, what Consult is doing and how you guys operate, how, how do they best connect with you? Uh, probably email or LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, Angela Cameron Consult, um, or just email Angela at consult.co.nz. Brilliant. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, Angela. You have a fantastic okay, day. Um, had fun. Thanks. Bye. Bye.